Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a better buying experience to your customers, more customization in their purchase, and maybe... Most importantly, a new stream of revenue for your organization. Visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Two more things about Booking Protect. While you're there, make sure you check out the blog. Over the next couple days, we are going to be posting a 10-part series there about challenges and opportunities facing the live entertainment industry. Uh, There's going to be a one that launches and gives you all the ideas, and then we'll explore each of the ideas in depth. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. There's also some great stuff uh, posted by me and Simon about all kinds of things about how to market and sell and produce live events better. So check that out at bookingprotect.com. The second thing I want to talk about is that CEO of Booking Protect, Simon Mab, and me, Dave Wakeman, are going to Australia, Sydney, on the 14th and 15th of November for the Ticketing Professionals Australia Conference. Tickets are on sale now at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. And I'm going to be giving the opening keynote address. And I'm going to be talking about change. Simon's going to be talk- there talking about customer service. We're going to be hanging out, talking with you about all kinds of stuff around tickets, live events, uh, creating opportunities, marketing, and selling. Uh, we're looking at a whole bunch of really, really fun things. So you want to make sure you follow at Simon Mab on Twitter. That's at Simon Mab. That's Simon's Twitter handle. Or me, at David Wakeman on Twitter. Because we're going to be announcing like new ideas, new studies. Um, I think a happy hour we're going to try to put together. All kinds of stuff leading up to the conference on November 14th and 15th in Sydney. So get your tickets at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. My guest today is Carl Fitzpatrick, CEO of the Warrington Wolves in the Super League. That's rugby. Um, Carl is great. Uh, Carl and I have become friends over the last couple months, and I and I was like, why are we keep hiding these uh, conversations we're having from public view? I wanted to have Carl on because I find his story fascinating. Carl was a professional rugby player um, for years. And then he wanted to get into the business of sports once he got done playing. Um, and he took a really unique path. Like, and he calls it from seller to CEO. Uh, and it's a, it's a really great, great, great story that he tells. Um, but more than just the, his background story, one of the really, really uh, cool things about Carl is that he is one of the most innovative marketers that I know. And so that's really what I wanted to have him on about. We talk about how he has positioned the Warrington Wolves to be one almost similar to a minor league uh, team if you're, you're looking for an American correlation. Uh, or um, it's just a, like a fantastic ideas and thoughts around marketing. Uh, we talk about how he manages change because when Carl took over as CEO of the Wolves in 2017, he had to... Um, deal with a lot of commercial challenges like renewing uh, tons and tons of partners. Um, He needed to rebuild a business team and a performance department on the field. 
um, we talk about managing perception, building brand. Um, we talk about some of the ways that he, they, him and his team have come to market the Wolves and what the impact of that looks like on attendance and ticket sales and marketing. We talk about how he manages partnerships. We talk about relationships. We talk about a just a tremendous amount of stuff. I think you're going to love Carl and hearing his story because I thought, you know, I think he's great and I think his story's great and his point of view on marketing the sport and growing the sport is just fantastic. So here's my conversation with Carl Fitzpatrick from the Warrington I want to welcome Carl Fitzpatrick, the CEO of my new favorite rugby team, the Warrington Wolves, to the Business of Fun podcast. Carl, how's it going? Very well, my friend. Very well. Great to see we've got a new support for the Wolves over yeah. in the state. Oh, the blue and gold. That's my squad. It's prim, it's, yeah, it's prim, It's actually primrose and blue. Oh, not well, blue and gold. Come well, on, D. You can't get that wrong. It's got to be. It's got to be right. Primrose, primrose and gold. See. I, I say that so you can correct me. I like to be wrong on my own podcast. Some people know I'm not infallible. Uh, I'm excited to have you on here because we've, be, we've become friends over the last couple of weeks, um, tra- you know, trading stories back and forth, ideas and observations. So I was like, well, well you should just come on the podcast um, so we can have like a conversation like this so everybody can hear it. Um, wanna, I want to start out by uh, talking to you about um, the Super League because – you, most people are maybe going to be hearing about it for the first time that are listening to this, and you have a, um, a great product, and you have like worked your way up from, I think you said, the seller to the CEO. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, from one C-suite to the next. Yeah, <laughs> from one C-suite to the next. Can you introduce yourself to everybody so that if they've never heard of you or they don't know you, we can give them a foundation of who you are? Cool, absolutely. Yes, so... Uh... So before my uh, my my career commenced with uh, Warrington Wolves, I was a professional rugby league player. Uh, I played for a rival team near Manchester called Salford Reds. I played for them for nine years. Prior to that, I played for another Warrington rival, which is uh, Widnes, who were our uh, were neighbours. Also represented Ireland uh, in a number of World Cups, European competition competitions. Anyway, when I was coming to the end of my career, uh, which was the end of two thousand and ten. Uh, I went back to uni- I went to university to do a sports performance degree. Uh, I had an eye. I wanted to stay. I wanted to remain in professional sport and, in particular, rugby league. Uh, and originally, I wanted to work in the performance department, either in strength and conditioning, sports science, somewhere within that domain. So I went to uh, Leeds Met University at the back end of my career. Uh, once I finished playing professionally, I decided uh, I could offer my services free of charge. I thought if I offer them free of charge, surely they're not going to knock that back. Uh, and Warrington were a successful club, uh, relatively local to where, to where I live. Uh, unfortunately, they gave me an opportunity. Uh, so I went from earning a, a professional athlete's uh, salary to earning zilch overnight. <laughs> overnight. Uh, and with having a wife and two kids, it was, uh, it was quite difficult. And it was a bleak Christmas, that 2010. However, I believe that once I got my foot in the door and showed them my worth and what I can do and what I can offer this organization, that when an opportunity presented itself, uh, it would give, me, would give me a contract. So I worked for Warrington without pay for four months, uh, working in the, in the performance department. However, I, it, I soon uh, came to realize it it was probably something that I, I didn't want to do forever. Uh, and, I, and then I gravitated to the business aspect uh, of, of, uh, of professional sport. 
then an opportunity presented itself to become the player welfare manager for Warrington. So this role uh, entails providing support for players away from the game, preparing for a life after after rugby league. So uh, I took up that opportunity and then that role then developed into being a football manager, which is looking after the logistics, business aspect of the uh, of the team. And that progressed again to being the head of rugby operations. So that's like a football director, athlete director, uh, rugby director, I suppose. So looking after the whole uh, rugby division of the organisation. That progressed again to being, uh, to being appointed the chief executive in 2017. During that journey as well, I also did a did an MBA, which I was fortunate enough to get a distinction, uh, and I'm and I'm still here today, Dave. I didn't know that you had distinction. See, you didn't <laughs> you didn't yeah. tell me that. See, yeah. that you're the smart one in this conversation. Yeah, not not sure about that. So, <laughs> the eighteen thousand word did a critical analysis of Warren Summers commercial partnerships. And I did eighteen thousand words, and the conclusion was it's all about relationships. If you have a strong relationship with a partner, uh, a key decision maker within an, within within your spot within the uh, with one of your partners, you I mean it is likely they're going to continue to invest in your club. And I suppose that's true for uh, for all walks of life. It's all about relationships. I would say that that's a hundred percent true. And I would say that I tell my my wife that often asks me she she goes, well, "What is how are you why are you how and why are you successful?" And I go, "Number one, I don't know," um, which is a joke. Because but I go, it's two things. I go, number one, I'm consistent, right? If I say I'm going to do something, I do it, right? I show up when I'm supposed to show up, um, which is, seems like a crazy idea, but it, you and I know that it's, that's not always the case. But the number two, it's like, I just like, I love people, and in return, people like end up loving me, right? And I just have really great relationships. So I would agree with this 100%. Yeah, the, super. Something, something else I'd like to add as well then, Dave, and something that I, I often say to uh, professional athletes, current and former professional athletes, is that to get to the top of your sport, I mean, to, be, to become a top-class professional athlete, you have got innate traits that if you then, once you finish playing, that if you were to direct that in a different area, to a different vocation, they will be successful. Because to be a top athlete, you've got to be dedicated, you've got to be motivated, you've got to, you've got, you've got, you, you, you have to receive brutal feedback. So the players, they have the appraisal, public appraisal, every every Friday night. They're appraised by the peers, by the coach, by the press, by the sport, supporters, by the sponsors. And they're given brutal feedback. Look, get your act together or you're not in the team next week. And I think if they can direct those innate traits into a different vocation once they have concluded playing, I think they will be successful. They've got the innate traits that businesses uh, are very appealing for businesses, 100%. Well, they have that that, that that sort of mythical skill, right? That you know people are searching for grit, right? And you know because you can deal with you can deal with challenges, you can create opportunities, you you know you do these things, and you're not necessarily put off by a challenge. You just you keep fighting. You're right. And the re- the, re- the reason I offered my services uh, free of charge to Warrington when I finished when I come when I concluded my playing career is was the lesson I learned uh, when I started off my playing career. So. As I mentioned earlier, I started my career at Witness, and they moved me on. They, 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 I played a couple of first-grade games, but they deemed me uh, not good enough. So they, so they terminated my contract, and then I was given an opportunity to join Salford. But in between Salford and Witness, I played part-time for a club called Swinton and worked full-time. 
uh, with my dad and, 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 and brother in construction, and that was goodness. That was a life lesson. Goodness, geez, they are uh, truly tough blokes working in, working on building sites, and it was giving me a valuable lesson. Uh, anyway, so I jo- and then I joined uh, I joined Salford on kind of a part time part time basis because I could still qualify for the academy, which was under twenty ones at that time. So I performed relatively well in the under twenty ones, and the head coach says, "Carl, you've impressed us. We want to give you a full time deal." I was like. Yes, I got another opportunity because all I wanted to be was be a professional rugby league player. I was going away uh, at that weekend, the following weekend. So I said, "Look, you go away, and when you come back, we'll get you contracted, sorted." For yes, at last, my dream's going to come true to be a Super League player. I went away, come back day, and what did he say? He said, "Sorry, with no money left." I was like, oh, "I don't believe this." I, I was absolutely hurt, bro. I was gutted. So I said, "Right, I'll tell you what I'll do." I will train the full pre-season for nothing, and I'll show you my worth. And at the end of the pre-season training, if you deem me uh, uh, worth a contract, give me one. So I did the full pre-season. Uh, I was in early. I, would, I, was, I was the first one in. I was the last one out. I would come in a day off. I basically made it impossible, come the end of the pre-season, not to give me a contract. So come the end of the pre-season, they give me a contract. Albeit it was only £7,000, which is not a great deal of money. Uh, <laughs> I was still 21 at the time and living at home with my parents. It got my foot on the ladder and then uh, I quickly uh, accelerated through uh, a number of upgrades and uplifting contracts and uh, managed to play at the international level. So that was a viable lesson that I know with my work ethic and dedication that once I got my foot on the door, the show, show what I'm worth, that I will be rewarded. And that's why I decided to make that decision a little bit more difficult to have a wife and kid, kid, two kids at that time uh, that provide my services for free because I know what I can offer. Yeah, I, and, and I, I like the part about the story when you become CEO in 2017 and you've described it as like trial by fire and it's um, you listed the number of challenges that you dealt with in that first year for me uh, once and I mean, it's like, it's amazing, right? It's like um, you had a whole bunch of commercial challenges. You had to build a, a team on the field and in the business office. And you were, I think, saddled with a, some debt, some serious debt issues as well, right? And and I think that like an average CEO might not have made it through that. Yet you're, yeah. you know, having no, your background and grit. Yeah, there's not, there's, there's, there's no, there's no debt issues. Okay. I think that was the only issue that we didn't, we didn't have, to be honest with you. Uh, but, Yes, yeah, so, so I went into the role in 2017. So our marquee play didn't return uh, back from Australia. Uh, there was too much reliance on across the organisation. So we had to build a back office and front office team. Uh, the main shirt sponsorship, Emirates, uh, needed to be renewed. Uh, the stadium naming rights needed to be renewed. So there was all these challenges that I had to deal with. But when I stepped into the role in 2017, we had a real strong on-field performance department. However, as, thing, as things progressed in 2017, unfo- unfortunately, unfortunately, they, uh, they, they needed rebuilding. I mean, we had to move the coach on, who was previously my, my boss. Uh, performances dropped dramatically. And after we built a back office team and then had to build a on-field performance department. Yeah. And what that really kind of highlights to me, which is like a, a topic that I have been focusing on um, pretty much all the time lately, is the idea of change, right? Because uh, everybody knows, I don't know if you know, but I know, everybody else knows this, listens to this. I'm going to Australia in 
November to give a keynote at their Ticketing Professionals Conference, and I'm going to talk about change. And I'm always interested in asking people how, number one, what's their philosophy on change, and then what, you know, how do they manage the process of change? And it seems like you'd be a great person to ask that, because that seems to be the core of what you've kind of leapt into. Yeah, obviously, you often speak about being a chameleon. I think that's one of my one of my skills is that I'm able to adapt to my environment and, and determine uh, my approach, determine on who, who I'm speaking to, whether that's a director or a or a sponsor or even or even a player. <clears throat> I think having that ability to change your approach is is absolute key to any success in any in any business. Yeah, but in terms of the the club and and, and change, we've had to. Oh, we're striving to change the perception of rugby league. Uh, it's often portrayed to be the, the you mean the the, the the poor sibling of, of rugby union. Uh, the brand equity is probably at a low stage at, at present, and I think that's one of the uh, key objectives and key aims that I'm, I'm trying to address right now is improving our brand equity and, and improving that. So yeah, there's I, I think the important thing as I said there, Dave, is, is, is the ability to to adapt to be a bit of a chameleon and, and adapt to your environment accordingly. Yeah, and the, uh, you brought up the brand equity of the, of the rugby league and, or versus the rugby union. And I'm interested because we haven't really had a chance to explore this too much together, but, you know, how are you approaching building the brand? Because that's, you know, that's sort of, um, to me, it's a mark, right? And it, it is a representation of everything you want the world to see of you as a you know as a business as a person as an organization you know how are you approaching the bill you know changing the perception yeah so uh the best way so the best way can describe uh how we positioned ourselves and we positioned ourselves completely different to uh any other rugby league club we want to be the coolest brand we want to stand out we want to be different so it's actually it's a phrase I coined from uh, one of your fellow uh, Americans, or in fact he's sadly passed away now. He's Roger Hales, the uh, previously uh, head of head of Fox, and he he spoke about the orchestra pit theory, and he said said look said you could have two guys on stage. He said uh, one the guy has got the solution for the Middle East problem and solve it tomorrow, okay. And then you've got the other guy on stage who falls off stage and smashes into the orchestra pit and things go flying <laughs> everywhere. Guaranteed that night, what will feature on the news? It'll be the guy that was fell in, fell in the orchestra pit. Absolutely. So that's, that's what I've kind of positioned ourselves as a club. What I mean by that, so we've gone real close to the ball with our marketing. We're going real, real edgy. We're standing out. Do you know what I mean? Particularly on our social on our social media marketing. Do you know what I mean? You've got four seconds to grab someone's attention, otherwise they're gonna scroll straight past you and get the dopamine hit elsewhere. We've gotta stand out. Therefore, so you look at any of our content, it's close to the bone, it's and it's edgy. And that's how we've positioned ourselves as uh, as as rugby league. Because one of rugby league's values, and this is great, is we're, we're quite humble as a sport and our players are humble, but that's great, but that's not what sells. Do you know no. what I mean? that's that's not what sells. Uh, no, I went and spent a bit of time at the UFC in the off-season, and they spoke about the importances of rivalries. Uh, and again, there's lots of rivalries. Look, we've been, this club's been going since 1876, so there's been a lot of rivalries built up over time, and we've shied away from putting the spotlight on that rivalry. For example, one of our rivals are playing tonight, St. Helens, 
uh, Wigan is another big rugby league club who were just down the road, one of our rivals. So when we played Wigan early on in the season, the, fixture, the first fixture uh, we played them at home, we deemed it the bad, bad blood game. And we put the spotlight on the brutality of our sport because our sport is absolutely brutal. If you ever watch a rugby league game, it is, it is incredible. And we've probably shied away from putting the spotlight on that uh, as a sport. We've decided that we're going to put the spotlight on it because that's what people want to see. So in terms of how we positioned ourselves, we have we we want to be cool, we want to be edgy, we want to be different, and we are the most uh, we are the most talked about rugby league club in the UK at present. And how long did it take you to build yourself up to the point where you were the most talked about? So we we met we we, we did a as part of our marketing strategy. We our, our owner is a guy called Simon Moran who owns SGM Concerts. They put on two thousand concerts a year. One of the biggest music promoters in Europe. So we did a strategy day with our marketing team. We took him to his office. Now his office is all about entertainment and glitz and glamour. And so I wanted the 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 marketing team to be aware that we are a sport entertainment brand that's absolutely key that they understood understood that so we took them out of the setting into out of the office setting into a different environment which which pours entertainment uh so from that from that uh from that strategic uh away day we decided to position ourselves differently then a fantastic opportunity presented itself was you may have heard about the, uh, the football manager, his, his name escapes me at the moment, who was caught for spying. One of his members of, t- members of uh, his coaching staff was spying on an opposition team. Uh, it made the news over here. It was the uh, Leeds United uh, manager, one of his, one of his uh, members of staff went spying on Derby County. I don't, Derby County, I don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you witnessed it there. Yeah, anyway. I know. I, thought, I, I definitely caught that. Now, now yeah. that you said Leeds, I remember that. So the opening night of Super League, when we had a lot of media attention, was St. Helens versus Wigan on a Thursday night. Packed house, live on Sky Sports News. So we decided we're going to hijack it. We're not playing, we're going to hijack that event. So we sent our mascot, Wolfett, who's become an absolute sensation, in a, like a spy, he had a spying outfit on, he had the Mac on, he had the, uh, the hat on, and he had some binoculars. And he went into the stand and he was spying onto the on the uh, on the players and he made his way onto the pitch and the steward spotted him and he was running across the pitch this is in the warm up Dave what featured that night on Sky Sports News the main feature it was Wolfie with <laughs> 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 that what Rockwell's comments that sensationalism that's what sells <laughs> so from from then on everyone's like wow, what are these guys doing and I'll tell you another example. So again, this is St. Helens, one of our biggest rivals. Uh, we we had a top of the table clash with them a number of weeks ago. Uh, anyway, so the week prior to that, we hired a plane and we sent a plane over the game saying the Wolves are waiting. Uh, again, what featured that night was that market, that, that guerrilla marketing. It got us that cut through. It got us that interest. Uh, again, another another example. So Wigan, as I mentioned earlier, one of our big rivals. They won the uh, they won the competition last year. So when you win the competition, you qualify to become world champions. You come up against, uh, sorry, you qualify to compete in the World Club Championship. So they was playing Roosters, the uh, the well known Sydney Roosters, uh, early on in the season. I think it was uh, yeah mid mid February. So we got a digital advertising van, 
and, and, and uh, turned up at the Wiggins ground and saying, look, forget about the Roosters, worry about the Wolves, because we was playing in the following week. So those, so, so those are some of the marketing initiatives, uh, executions that, we, that, we've, that we've delivered that certainly got us, got us cut through. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I was reading the book Marketing Outrageously over the weekend, um, yeah. and that thing is fantastic. And this would, what you've done, it would fit right in with this. Um, but I have a question about when you took your staff to the offices of your owner and you yeah. wanted to position yourself as a sports entertainment brand because this is something that uh, I talk about a lot. You know, yeah. How difficult was it to sell your team on that? Uh not really, to be honest, Dave, because the the health of the sport has, has, has not been great. Do you know what I mean? The column inches that we'd been getting wasn't fantastic. The media exposure wasn't great. And look, as they say, keep do you know I mean keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. So we have to be different. We have to be radically different. Do you know what I mean? So they was quite excited and enthused about this. And to be honest, look. I do try and push the envelope a little bit. They do. They do try rein me in with some of my ideas. They say, "Hold on a sec, I think you're going. Li- I think you're going a little bit too much here." Uh, but they're great, and I think I think there was a bit of nervous about it, Dave. I admit, yeah, there was a little bit nervous. Are they sure about uh, about this approach? And they was concerned about motivating the other team. And look, we've had we we, we played Hull FC, another uh, another big rival. That was a real big a big big club, and. Uh, we we poked a little bit of fun of them after we beat them uh, earlier in the year, and then when they come here to our place, they they ended up beating us. And the coach mentioned in the press conference afterwards, oh, "I'd like to thank Warrington Wolves marketing team for providing the motivation for the players." So, but we've got to take that on the chin. We've got to take that on the chin. But uh, we see the bigger picture here, and the and the, and the coach, you understand why he's why he's he, he stated that, but. Ultimately, if we get more people watching this sport, more people engaged in this sport, he's going to end up getting earning, earning, earning more money. So the bigger picture here is to get me get, to get more media cut through, to get more media exposure, and get people more people engaged in this fantastic product. Yeah, I, I mean, I would tell everybody to be like, what a great opportunity it is to have the CEO of your organization be so willing to go. Like, there's no crazy marketing idea. It's just an idea that either we'll, we'll run with now or we'll run, maybe run with later. I mean, I think it's, I think those things are fantastic, and it's something I try to encourage people all the time. Is like be a little bit crazy, be a little bit more out there because there's uh, average the average person is getting hit with five or six thousand or more impressions from ads and like nonsense every day. You can't get through that with just the same old same old. You have to stand out, and that's, that's exactly what this is about. Now, the the thing too, though, is you you've always tied these things into like being marketed oriented and getting attention and driving people towards the sport. Correct. All of this marketing efforts that you have have done, you know, how are you seeing it reflected in your commercial output, or are you seeing it reflected in ticket sales? You know, how you know what other positives is it generating for the organization? Yeah, so obviously in terms of uh, media value for partners, obviously that's just gone through the roof. It's gone through the roof because obviously we're popping up on more timelines. Uh, so again, I'll, I'll tell you another example here, Dave. So we've we introduced this year the guy. It's called the Wire Flyer, and I got this idea from the Atlanta Braves and Mister Freeze. So we have a guy who I can't tell you, Dave. You know a lot. You can't. I can't disclose who it is. Uh, a former player that dresses up <laughs> more suits. He dresses up in a green morph suit. He comes out at half time and he'll raise a supporter 
or a high profile uh, high profile supporter or influencer uh, that, that, that this attends the game. So against Salford, he raced against uh, the former Salford owner, a guy called Marwan Kukash, who's a well-known horse uh, horse owner based over in based over in Manchester. And the Wirefly raced against him. Obviously, Marwan had a big a big uh, big lead, and anyway, the, the Wirefly had just picked him. Uh, anyway, Sky News picked that up. Not only Sky Sports, Sky News picked it up and put it on the timeline. It was unbelievable content. So in terms of brand exposure and media value for our partners, now the Wirefly is sponsored by uh, Gaskells. The media value that creates is incredible. So partners are really happy in terms of their exposure that they're now gaining. And we have seen uh, 8 8%, 9% uh, increase in our attendances. So in terms of the, the content and how is that translating commercially, it's, it, it's thriving. It's thriving. It absolutely is. Yeah, and I, one thing I want to highlight for you is because you said how much the partners love this. I think yeah. a lot of times people don't try these things or they won't do these like stuff that they deem, um, I guess for lack of a better term, out there because they're worried like, well, what would our sponsors think or what will our sponsors feel like? And I go, I think that most times if you're talking to the right decision maker, the sponsors have a lot more uh, stomach for these ideas than yeah. you give them credit for. It's lower level people often get afraid because they're afraid to be wrong. And to me, and I, and I know from now talking to you, it's the same thing. I'm not afraid for you to be wrong. I'm worried if you're not wrong or yeah. you're not out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And again, so the wire flyer I mentioned, it's uh, the guy in the green morph suit. We also have a mini wire flyer. Again, I can't tell you who that is. So I was like a, a child in a green morph suit who races other kids. Honestly, you need to see it there. It's sensational. Anyway, so we did uh, we did a collaboration with one of our uh, value partners, our stadium partner, which is uh, BMW Halliwell Jones. So we, uh, sorry, they have, they have uh, uh, Mini as well. So we had our wire flyer and the Mini wire flyer racing around the town, racing around the stadium in a pink Mini. Uh, and stopping and getting pictures and, and people posting it online. And they absolutely loved it. I mean, the exposure and reach that, uh, that the uh, Halliwell Jones had off the back of that was incredible. So you're right. So working working with the partners uh, to expose their brand along with ourselves is an absolute win-win. Yeah. You can, you can still be on brand and go in a um, – I will, I will label it a fun direction. And I think that's what all these examples prove. I will uh, definitely make sure I tell the Braves that you have uh, stolen the freeze, <laughs> the freeze idea. Um, so, so what's next? Like, I know that you want to continue to, to grow the sport, right? So, where are you? Where are you putting your attention now? Like, what you know? What's the next two or three things you're trying to tackle? Uh, we, I'm probably stating the obvious here now, but we, 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 we want to grow our fan base. We want to grow a fan base. So our attendances are up, as I mentioned earlier, around about the eight percent mark. We're now averaging around about eleven and a half thousand per game. We want to see an increase next year. Again, we want to look at around about a ten percent increase on, on our gate. That's that's the big focus is translating these marketing initiatives into season ticket sales for twenty twenty. That's the absolute key. Uh, and engaging and talking to our to our supporters in in a in a bespoke and different man. I think that's absolutely key to ensure that we, that we engage with, uh, with the supporters, uh, and talk to them, uh, at the level. I think it's got to be spoke how we go about that. Uh, but ultimately it is driving attendances North. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's a um, we. I think we share a very similar philosophy in the fact that our big gig is to understand and drive people to our we, we create and keep customers. Yeah. And I think that's like the big challenge that we all need to be facing. And you know, I, I know that you and I share a very similar view on that. And um, you know, I think that. Uh, I think people learn a lot from this just if they like listen to you, how you've talked about the partnerships here and the way like being crazy on the marketing thing. But I know that you have a game tonight, so I want to be conscious of your time. How can people find you on the internet? Uh, obviously, Warrington Wolves. Put in Warrington Wolves. Uh, they can find us find us uh, via that. You're obviously on our social media channels as well. Uh, Warrington, you type in Warrington Wolves Rugby League. We should be right there at the top, Dave. Uh, and look, it's... I can guarantee this. You watch a game of rugby league, it'll be like, wow, this is unbelievable. It's like the NFL on steroids. It is. It, look, we had a, we played a game last week. We played a game last week. And one of our core captains, Jack Hughes, he ruptures his testicle in the first 10 minutes of the game, but carries on playing. He plays till five minutes to the end. So he plays around about 60, 65 minutes with a ruptured testicle and plays on. These guys are unbelievably tough. Uh, there was a game there was a game uh, four or five weeks ago, Joe Westerman playing for Hull FC, a former Warrington Wolves player. He dislocates his kneecap during the game in a tackle. He slaps his, he slaps his kneecap back into place and carries on playing. These are some of the toughest athletes you will ever come across in your life. And I mean that. You, you watch this game, it's like, it is unbelievable. It's... And what's unbelievable about it, Dave, is the the guys, you need to be fit. You need to be fit. You need to be fast. You need to be tough. You need to be resilient. But also as well, you need a real diverse multitude of skill sets. Do you mean you've got to pass, cap? So where the NFL, obviously your offense team, your defense team comes on, we just have one team that have got to do both. So you need a multitude of skill sets. Uh, and as I say, you need to be fast, you need to be strong, and you need to be super fit as well. Yeah, and, and powerful. And I don't think, if you, if you haven't seen it, you don't know what it's like. And I'll make the headline of the blog post I write about this. Carl says the NFL is for wimps. It's just all action. It's just, yeah. got, it's just all action. Do you know what I mean? That, the ball, do you know what I mean? The ball's in play. Uh, hell of a lot. The ball really goes out of play. There's no, there's, there's very little stoppages. There's no offense team, defense team. It's just continuous brutality. Yeah, no, it's a great sport, and um, I want to thank you for taking the time to do the podcast. And uh, you know, good luck tonight, and good luck in the future. Um, you, I know you got a cup competition next week, yeah. and hopefully, I think this is going to shed a light on like how great like some of the marketing and attendance initiatives you're doing are. Cool. Pull the great work as well, Dave. Fantastic. What are you doing? About my conversation with Carl Fitzpatrick from the Warrington Wolves, let me know. Send me an email. It's my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. You can keep up with me and what I'm up to by visiting my website. It's www.DaveWakeman.com. I'm going to warn you, over the next week or two, there's going to be three special events I'm going to announce. One in New York in November. One in Melbourne. Melbourne, Melbourne, if I get it right, in November, and then another one in New York in January. Um, those are going to probably get announced over the late, dripped out over the next two or three weeks. So keep an eye on DaveWakeman.com, where you also find my blog that I update every day. Jesus, it's tough, um, but it's great. 
it allows me to figure out and clarify my thoughts. But it's a tough job. Somebody has to do it. Me. Um, as always, I'd love it if you connect with me on social media. You can follow me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. I'm at David Wakeman. Again, I've been asking. I'm just going to continue to ask. If you know the guy who has the at Dave Wakeman Twitter handle, please get it for me. I want it. You can love it if you would connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search my name. I'm right there. Revenue Architect. You got it. You can also sign up for my newsletter, which I send out every Sunday called The Business of Value, where I talk about creating value through marketing, selling, partnerships, strategy, all kinds of stuff, right? It's great. It's free. Send me an email. Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Put newsletter in the subject line. I'll get you signed up. It's great, right? Um, if you're going to be in Australia, you let me know. Simon Mab, CEO of Booking Protecting Me, Dave Wakeman are going to Australia on the 14th and 15th of November in Sydney. I can't wait. Simon can't wait. We're so excited, but we need you to be there. So get your tickets at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. It's going to be an awesome conference. Uh, other people, I think Derek Palmer from QQ is going to be there, Intix board member. Uh, another Intix board member, I believe. Uh, I'm not even sure. There's going to be tons and tons of people. Um, they're going to be there. They're, it's going to be great. It's going to be an exciting thing. There's going to be people from sport, theater, arts, um, all kinds of people from all over the world are going to be there. It's going to be um, just an incredible learning experience for everybody. Uh, Angela and Joe are putting just their hearts and souls into this conference, and I speak for myself definitely, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I speak for Simon when I say that we are like so happy and so excited and so proud to be supporting them. So make sure you buy your tickets. Get to Sydney, Australia. Um, go to www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. Get the tickets. Do this. Get the tickets. Send me the receipt at davidavewakeman.com. I'll put together some kind of bonus for you. All right? Do it. Finally, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect for being uh, my partners in this podcast and in so many other areas. Um, you can't meet nicer people. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more. You should be partnering with them because they are not only great, great partners and great people, but they also have developed the leading customer service technology in InsureTech, right? Which is like the fancy name for insurance technology. It is allows them to give the best customer service in the world to your clients and theirs, right? It gives you the opportunity to provide your customers a more customizable buying experience. It allows them to manage their purchase in a more personalized way. Um, it gives people peace of mind as on-sale dates happen earlier and earlier. And you spend your money now and you can maybe get to go to the show in 12 months time. All these things help you drive more revenue, sell more tickets, create a better experience in for your in your events or in your buildings for your shows, your concerts, your sports, whatever kind of live event it is you're doing. And maybe the most important thing in this era where budgets are constrained and everything's tight, they help get you a new stream of revenue. I can't stress partnering with Booking Protect strongly enough. So go find out more by visiting them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. And you tell them I sent you. 
All right. Um, finally, before I go, because I almost forgot this, as the business of fun had been on summer break for a couple of days, is if you like what I'm doing on the podcast, I'd love it if you'd share it with somebody, right? Maybe it's this episode with Carl. Maybe it's one of the original ones with somebody like Martin Gameltoff or Kat Spencer. Uh, you know, there's like so many great ones. Lauren Teague and her talking about uh, managing social media for the uh, PGA Tour or her example of your hashtag needs to tell a story. I still use these stories all the time. There's something for everyone. Sports, theater, uh, events, everything, right? And I know that all of some of the ideas that have come to me from the podcast, I use every day. The stuff Jacob Lawson talked about. It's it's all just great. So share one of these podcast episodes with someone, um, you know, more than one person if you would. If you really like the podcast, I'd love it if you subscribe. We're on most of the major uh, podcast platforms now. We might be on all of them now. I can't keep up with all of them, but we're almost everywhere. I found it in my car, which I thought was amazing. And I had a uh, a colleague, a client tell me, I thought it was crazy, but I asked Alexa, and Alexa played you. And it was your latest podcast. Pop right up on Alexa. It was great. Um, you know, so please subscribe. It means a lot. And if you're a subscriber already, I'd love it if you'd rate and review the podcast. These things help make sure that people can discover the podcast and make sure people understand that like I'm delivering some really cool stories and ideas and content that will be helpful for you marketing and selling these events. So until next time, thank you so much. Uh, take it easy, and I'll talk to you soon.